welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Super excited for this morning. I want to encourage you to pay close attention to really stay in tune with what Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. I knew about this, uh, that I would be speaking today since... Uh, probably the end of last year, and ever since I've been praying, meditating, God, what do you want to speak? What are you saying to your house? Of course, uh, under what we've been going through and talking about, this warring season, it's time for us to war uh, for the wayside seeds and war against, like last week, Pastor Sean said, a war on lack, a war on things that have been robbing us on this season and really take possession of what God wants for 2024 and for our lives. So I've been thinking about this and I was thinking about, and I shared even, I think, two giving encouragements ago, two Sundays ago, how the biggest problem of our generation is not starting something. It's actually being consistent at it. It's being constant. It's being persistent. And as we come into a new year, it's always, at least for me, like I make a list. What are the things that I want to start off fresh in 2024? What are some of the things that I want to pursue this year? But the bigger challenge is to come to the end of the year and still be active on those things. And I was thinking, what robs us or what stops us from finishing what we started or staying persistent on the things that we said, the commitments that we made. And God started pointing some things out. The number one was distractions. I think that we are part of this generation where we're so easily distracted. In a minute here, you can be pulling your phone, going through social media and be distracted by scrolling up and down your phone and missing what God does in this moment. Or get a text that can like move the way that you approach this experience. We are so easily distracted nowadays. It's part of the main challenge of this generation to want instant gratification and want what social media can provide and the dopamine that as you scroll through uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever your social media that you like, you can be robbed YouTube and, and lose that ability. And even in like I feel like even focusing on this message to sit still and do a message prep this year, it was way challenging if I look back at my faith and my faith journey and looking in the years before. There was, there's so much more going on. And I think distractions is the number one thing robbing us from finishing the things that God has put in our hearts. The second thing that God started to challenge, and as I was looking into my own hearts and asking God is, what is robbing me? In this season, God uh, kindly pointed my prayer life. And I want to encourage you to reevaluate your own prayer life. 
Are you taking time to pray, to listen to the Holy Spirit? Are you taking time to listen to what he's saying in this season? Because if you do, and if you look at Jesus' ministry, everything that he did, he would perform a miracle, go out on a missions, little mission trip, and right after, go back to the heart of the Father and reconnect with that moment, with that prayer. And the third thing that I feel it's robbing us and distracting us is independence. I feel like we, most of us in our journey with God, we only go back to God when there's something, when there's a need, when you're going through something. Not judging anybody in this room, but we, we know what's robbing and what's distracting us. And I want to encourage us. In the same way, I was thinking, God, what do you want to speak today to Kingdom Culture? What do we need to war over? What do we need to war in this season? And God kept saying, the war is for your attention. The war is for your focus in this season. So that's why the title of my message is, The War for Your Attention. I, I was thinking over this year, and I said, like, as you approach a new year, I don't know about you, but I want 2024 to be a significant year. I just don't want to go through this year and it be another year in my life. I think we can have a lot of, like, those years that you look back and, man, what happened in my life in that year? And I also believe that in this room, we all have been through significant years that we remember in our lives. Moments that marked us. Moments that shaped our faith, that changed our lives. I think you all can remember a year that, man, that year was made such a change. Maybe it was the year you met your spouse. Maybe, I, and in thinking about that, I even remembered in the end of 20, uh, 2005, I was at, it's still at my university. I think it was the second year I was a sophomore. And at the end of that year, the pastor at one of the experiences at that, that university, we had a Wednesday night uh, service at the, the, the university campus. And he was sharing, I want to give you guys a challenge for uh, 2006, which is the 66 in 06. Read the 66 books of the Bible. And I knew back then in my journey with God, I have read through most of the Bible, but never from cover to cover. And in that year, in 2006, I decided I'm going to embrace this challenge. I'm going to read from start to cover the Bible in 2006. And that year marked and built such a solid foundation. And I had to persist. There were moments that were hard. It's like, who here does uh, Duolingo at this church? I'm trying to learn French uh, through Duolingo. And sometimes you can, you can forget and break your streak and you feel bad. We should create a, a Bible lingo here at this church so that we start feeling bad about not connecting to the Bible and breaking our, our streak from connecting with God. Right? We should. I think it would be a good app. Uh, but really, often it's just a reminder that you have to go in and connect and, and to learn. And that year was very significant that even though, and I remember like the, even this year, I'm uh, on a 350 days trick on Duolingo. So um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I have a challenge of learning French before Pastor Sean. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, no, no. Maybe. It's still preparation, preparation season. Um, I'm still on the very, very basics. But any, any, anyways, uh, 
there were nights that I was like, oh, shoot, it was like 11.50. I said, I cannot miss my, my Duolingo session. And back in 2006 was the same thing. Like sometimes I would go through my days, study from my exam. I said, shoot, I forgot to read. I, I used to read three chapters from the Old Testament and one chapter from the New Testament every day. And that was my journey back then. And that year was so significant in my life. And there were many others, but I want to encourage us to approach 2024 to be a significant year. And I believe and I pray that also for kingdom culture. Guys, we got to believe. We got to believe into that God called us here to create such an impact and to make such a difference. Like I see what Pastor Sean was sharing in that video in Brazil. Like I get reports from my friends. I get texts from my friends valuing what we have, the prophetic voice, the healing that is on this house, the everything that Pastor Sean carries, which is part of this house, this house's DNA. We just got to war for what we have in this season and dress ourselves with this is what we are called for. We're going to walk and we're going to advance in 2024. 2024 for Kingdom Coach is not going to feel just like another year. Nothing is stopping us. So you got to begin to focus my attention is on this like have a goal if you want to achieve anything in life without a goal you're not going to achieve it so you got to have focus in this year so I was thinking about that and God took me back talking and speaking about my own prayer life he took me back to the very well-known passage you almost heard it if you didn't know it was in Matthew 6 you probably prayed this prayer before and I'm just going to read this four verses over to you guys they're also going to be on the screen. Little water break. You can have your water or coffee break as well. Usually Matt brings a coffee to Pastor Sean. I didn't get the privilege. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, don't, I actually don't enjoy drinking coffee during my message. I'm, I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> I'd rather stay with my water. Um, no, it's, I'm really, really kidding. <laughs> uh, verse 9 says, Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our, our, our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And some versions, of, if you're reading on your Bible, it says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And... God took me to this passage, and I've been really asking for to be revived in my prayer life and not to simply pray this prayer as a repetition because I think the key here, Jesus was not teaching his people uh, a rep, like a repetition for them to do, for you to pray every day the Lord's Prayer. No, he's teaching the values behind this. And it's so that Jesus didn't want people to repeat that he says a few verses early on Matthew 6, 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So definitely what Jesus is teaching here is I don't want you to be simply repeating. I want you to understand the value in this model of prayer that I'm sharing with you guys. And there's a dynamic here that we need to understand that he's, he's teaching what do we need to focus in life. What is our focus? And let's look into verse 9 again. 
Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are three things that Jesus is focusing here about God. Your name, your kingdom, and your will. Look at the next verse. Give us this day our daily bread and forgives our debts as we also have forgiving our debtors. Uh, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He teaches a principle here. First, you're going to focus in your name, your kingdom, and your will. And then he goes into a petition. What is he asking for? Our bread, our forgiveness, and our deliverance. Three things that we can get here. Because when we get to know the singularity of God, we begin to understand the plurality of his kingdom. It's your name, it's your kingdom, and your will that will bring access to our bread, not only mine, our forgiveness as a house, and our deliverance. I really want to encourage us, like, this is the prayer. Jesus is saying, hey, this is all you need. All you need in life is to focus on these things so that your, all your needs can be filled. So continue on. I just want to encourage us. What Jesus is doing here, he's putting his dependence upon God. He's posturing his heart before the presence of the living God. And he's saying, God, I understand. That's why he always went back. Always went back. He only, the Bible says he only did what he saw his father do. And in Romans chapter 8, 15, Paul will share something along the same lines. For we do not receive a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry, Abba, Father. He's giving access to the same prayer, our Father, Abba, Father, Daddy. And what I find the most interesting thing about this verse here is this principle that Paul is trying to teach and to the Romans, which he's saying, he's talking about what God did to us, he adopted. And why is he saying to the Romans? Because adoption, according to the Romans, was something super significant. Actually, the Roman law punished you way more for what you did if you did to an adopted child than your own birth child. Because in an adoption, you choose to have that, that children. You choose to adopt. You choose to say, hey, I'm here to provide. Whereas natural birth, of course, it's a choice that you can have with your husband, your wife, but also can happen like naturally. So they value that so much. That says, man, if you adopted, you have a high responsibility in what you're doing. So I want us to understand that when God signed up and chose to adopt you, He's now saying, I'm responsible for you. I created you. I said I decided to have you first in my life. So we need to understand the power of this verse when he says, you have received the spirit of adoption. Is that what he's talking about? Is, man, I choose you to be here today. I choose you and I'm responsible for you. 
So therefore, when there's lack in my life, when there's need in my life, I don't have to go anywhere else but to my Father. Because I know He's got me. He's had, he has that responsibility over my life. Amen? So, I want to take us in this war for your focus on these three things that Jesus models for us here in the Lord's Prayer that we find your name your kingdom and your will. Number one, your name. And I think that we, I don't think, but we sang this morning about the power of your name. We sang Jehovah. We sang that we call the name of Jesus in this place. And what does that mean when you call the name of Jesus as we sang this morning? It's important that we understand the words that we're singing here. It's that we are calling the name that is above all names. Every, if you look today at every sickness, every disease that was invented, it is assigned to a name to that person. Parkinson's. You have like this, all these different diseases that you have a name assigned to it. Or a pandemic that had uh, COVID and, and all these things. They get a name. And they get sometimes like a stage, a condition like cancer, stage 2, stage 3, stage 4. And the list goes on. So we have that easy naming things in our lives. But we have to understand that even before these things, there is a name that goes above all these things. That goes before even any of the sickness were created. So that it's giving us the authority that we need to fight every single one of them. And the name of Jesus is is powerful and he invites and he presents himself throughout the Bible, but also he wants to present himself in your prayer life to you and in, in like his nature when you go through things. It's only when you lack love that you know that you need Jesus, a God that has love for you. It's only when you're weak that you understand that you need God's strength in your life and he wants to reveal yourself to you, as we sang the song, Jehovah Nisi fights your battles. Jehovah Rapha heals uh, your, your, your knees. He heals your body. And we need to understand that he is a healer. And he wants you to walk in this journey and say, man, this is the name above all names. This is the name that I serve. This is my Jehovah. He's inviting you to understand the power that his name has. And it's so different when we walk knowing the name that we carry. And I so know this, uh, when I was going to that same university, um, actually out of my graduating class of 18 people, 11 of us went to Liberty University in Virginia, uh, the U.S. And out of those 11, I had a friend of mine that was going to school with me. And she was the daughter of the second richest guy in all Brazil. He owned the second largest uh, TV uh, station in Brazil. She financially had no need. And I had the privilege of walking with her many years. She's very humble. You never tell, you never guess that she's the daughter of who she is. But by walking with her, I knew and I saw that, man, there were places that we used to go in Brazil that just by, oh, this person's here with you, come in. You have a free access. You have a free pass. By ju just simply because she carried the same last name as her dad. 
There were so many doors that opened for her in Brazil. And I had the, the opportunity to, of walking with that and seeing the confidence that she carried. She wasn't, like, she was super humble, but she knew, like, I know who my dad is. I have no problems getting into this place, getting into that place, accessing whatever, this game, accessing these events. And she knew what she was. And, but one thing that she always used to say to me that always marks me is, when I came to Jesus, I, I had come to the same realization of the name that I carry. If my earthly father carried and gave me all this access, so much more my heavenly father gives me access and opens doors for me and is ahead of me and is opening so many doors. So we got to understand the power that the name of Jesus carries in our lives. And this, is, this can only come, guys, through doing life with intimacy with the King of Kings. It's seeing him touch your life. Um, I had the privilege of last week officiating a, a marriage in the house, Doug and Christelle. <laughs> Got married, yes. So happy for you guys. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, and I, I was sharing a little bit with them, and part of, uh, part of what I was sharing, I felt like if, fitted for this morning when just to showcase the why name and naming things is so important to God. When he created us in Genesis chapter 2, it says, verses 18 and 19 says, Now the Lord God had formed you out of the ground of all the animals and all the birds and all the skies. He brought you then them to men to see what he would name them. And whatever the men called each living creature, that was its name. So that the men gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and the wild animals. And I feel everything in creation was already perfect. But God is inviting us to name the miracles in our life. And I believe that in this season, he's inviting you. We have... Such an easy time naming our problems, our difficulties. Oh, this is my condition. This is my disease. This is my problem. This is what I'm going through. And we have a hard time declaring what's my miracle in this season. And naming your miracles in this season. And I believe that God wants to change the way that we approach. And even as we look into every year that we walk in, you can begin that year declaring with a statement, this is going to be the best year of my life. It's not an empty statement if you truly mean it behind. Like we sang this morning, this will be a year where fear will be eliminated out of my vocabulary, out of the way that I walk. And we got to start leaving that. Start leaving and declaring this is the place. This is God's creation. This is where he put me. And this is where we will win in this season. So start naming the things that God put your way. Number two, your kingdom. After we understand his name, only then we can understand the kingdom that he is and the kingdom that he carries. Romans 14, 17 says, For the, God, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy 
Every situation that I walk in, the kingdom is coming with me. Righteousness, peace, and joy. We're called to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And this is the invitation God is inviting and saying, faith is a superior reality that you need to bring to your reality. Cancer doesn't need to stop being cancer. But there's something above that. There's a name above that. That that doesn't need to stop being that. Our enemies don't need to stop being our own enemies. Lack doesn't need to stop being lack. We have a bigger reality. And faith may not necessarily change the problem, but it will change the inside of you. It will change the way that you approach, and it will establish a new reality to your circumstance. Amen? Understanding the kingdom is understanding also where we come from. In that same wedding, I, I was sharing a little bit about how we are created and how God created everything. And I think that we need to understand. You want to understand anything in life, the best thing you can do is study where it comes from. Let's say you're studying about, like, papers. Where does it come from? You can go back to Egypt. You can go back to where paper was created and, and go and so, so forth. The same thing is the kingdom of God. You want to understand the kingdom of God. You want to understand where you come from. you got to go to the source. So in the Bible, we have Genesis, and I encourage you always to to go to the source in Genesis 1, 11 about everything that was created. And I, probably, I, I promise I won't bore, bore you with this. It's going to be real quick. But for you to understand the power of the kingdom that is inside of you. Genesis 1, 11 says, Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation. I will skip to another verse, verse 20. Let the water, then God said, Let the water swarm with fish and other life. Then verse 22, then God says, let the earth produce every sort of animal. What God in the principle that God is establishing here is, is what? He's, he's not saying, saying, hey, fish, be created. No, he's speaking to the environments. And out of the environment, something is being established. Something is being born. He could have said, fish, be created. Animals be created. But then he's speaking to the source. Let the land sprout with vegetation. Let the waters swarm with fish. Let the earth produce. And the same thing he does with us. Then God says, let us make men in our image to be like us. Then he will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock and all the animals and the small animals. The only thing different is that we are part of that heavenly business meeting between Jesus, God, and Holy Spirit and say, hey, we're planning something here. Out of us, come forth men. He didn't create the animals that way. He didn't create fish that way. And he decided to touch us and create us. Everything that he spoke, he spoke by, he created by speaking. We were creating by his voice, but also by his touch. And what the principle is saying is still valid, the same principle here, that he's speaking on the environments. So what happens if you take fish out of the sea? It dies. If you remove a tree from the ground, it dies. If you disconnect men from God, we're dead. That's why God says that we need to be born again. Connected to that reality. Connect to the source where things come from. 
so that we can understand the authority that we carry and discern the environments that we're in. And when I'm talking and I speak about the environment, I just don't say, like, I'm not saying about the physical environments. Because the geographical one, let me just be more clear with that. Because I believe that you will prosper in the place that God called you and placed you. Adam fell in paradise and Jesus won in the desert. So it's not about the geographical location. Pastor Sean is enjoying the beach of Brazil. We have snow outside. God's moving in both places. Amen? It's not about, I got to keep reminding myself, it's not about the environment. It's not about the environment. <laughs> the geographical location. But the same principle, it's true. And I've been through Japan, and I know I have some fellow people here that lived in Japan in this house as well. And they have something uh, in Japan called a bonsai. Are you guys familiar with it? I have a picture of a bonsai on the screen. It will be bonsai. Okay, sorry. In Portuguese, we say bonsai. Uh, bonsai. So this is a bonsai. It's an ornamental tree grown in a pot and artificially prevented from reaching its normal size. If this tree was planted in the ground, it could be well over 20 feet, 30 feet. But because it's planted where it's planted, its growth is prevented. And that's where, like, we come here week in and week out, and we talk about the announcements for you to get connected into the house, for you to plug in to the right environments, is because our desire is for you to flourish. And the Bible says that those that are planted in the house of God will flourish. And my desire and my prayer for you in 2024 is that you flourish. But that you also God ask God, and that's can, that can only be your decision. We can say the, the announcements here a thousand times. Join the logistics team, join this team, join another, join a connect group, join this event, join other events. But what is before you and God in your prayer life says, God, where should I plant myself in this year? It's your decision every year. You can be planted into a small pot, leave your own life behind your own screen, working from home, be all alone. We all experienced a little bit of that during the pandemic and limit yourself from the actual growth that God has meant for you to experience. Or you can be chosen to, I want to be planted with people in my life, with Jake, with Matt, with Jean, and I want to grow with them. I want them to challenge my faith. I want them to challenge my walk with Jesus, I want them to be, like, one of the powerful things I didn't tell, but in 2020, uh, in 2006, when I read the Bible, I chose somebody to read the Bible with me so I could be accountable and have someone and say, hey, would you walk this journey with me? Let's get to know Jesus better. So I want to encourage you in this season to be planted in the kingdom. Jesus is going back to the heart of Father, saying your name, I understand the power of your name. And I understand the power and the importance of being planted in your kingdom. Because I know if I'm not planted where I'm supposed to be created. And again, heaven is not your destination. It's where you come from. So you don't have to postpone and push your life and say, hey, I'm going to wait until I get to that place. One day I'll get to know Jesus. No, you're already created. 
to live your best life today, to be the difference today, to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, to break any vases, to break any pots in this season, to connect with more people. So I want to embrace and encourage you to embrace this year as a year says, I don't want to be a potted plant. I don't want to isolate myself. I don't want to do life alone this, in this year. I want to see change. I want to see growth. Amen? Third and last point, the will of God. I love this one because I, I believe that those that know the will of God will reign on earth. And reigning on earth means taking time to listen and recognize the voice of God. If you look at Bible, there are so many examples here. Why did, Jesus, uh, why did Joseph reign on Egypt? Because he heard heaven. He had a word. He heard the dreams. He had a dream interpretation. Why did David reign? He heard from heaven. Why did Daniel was the wisest in Babylon? Because he was connected to the source of heaven. And said, God, what is your will? You brought me here. You brought me to this place. It's not about the geographical location, but it's about the, the environment that I'm connected, the people that I get to be a change in, the opportunity you're placing before my life. And I believe that the key is that if you want to get to know someone, you need to start spending time with them. You, Matt, mentioned the example that he wanted to connect with someone that already paved the path of, like, be a mentor in his life because he trusted that person's ability. And the only way that he would grow is if he spends time and he's hearing the advice. He's hearing uh, what that person is sharing with him. So the same thing happens as we spend time with God. And you renew yourself. Let me tell you, I cannot, and this is where God started to challenge me the most in this season, is we need to stop living our Christian lives on encounters we had years ago. We need to stop living life and say, oh, that day I had an encounter with Jesus. He touched my life. God is inviting you for a daily encounter. And I felt something happened. I was also scrolling from social media this week, and I came across this video. And it was the video, actually, of the launch of the first iPhone in 2007. It came, like, honestly, it shocked me, like, the, the kind of things that they were amazed, that I was amazed back then, at a new phone and a new technology. But if we look today, it's, I, I actually got the, I, I clipped the video just a little bit. I want you guys to watch it. Step one is using your digits to unlock the iPhone's much-hyped features, whether playing videos or even resizing photos. You zoom in or zoom out by pinching or unpinching with your fingers. It's spectacular. From web surfing to a menu of your voicemails that look more like emails to Google Maps. There's no physical keypad. It's virtual. And that means a learning curve, especially for those of us with fat thumbs. Love how long it took him for send that text, like the, the bar loading on the, on the bottom. And... The worship team can uh, come back into stage. We're going to transition here shortly. But God really started to speak to me is that the same way that that phone had been outdated. And even like if you had a phone that is, I don't know, iPhone 8, 
you're not even able to download any new apps from the store. I feel that a lot of us in our faith are leaving with an old generation, an old update, our own system settings in ourselves that we need to renew. That was the call of Paul to the church, is to renew your mind daily. Get a fresh update from heaven. God is speaking today. He's there waiting, sitting for you, saying, hey, all I'm looking here, I have all these things to deposit over your life. All I need is your attention. I'm ready to give it. You have these bank accounts that you walk with, these heavenly bank accounts that we're not accessing simply because we're not saying yes. We're not giving our attention to him in this season. And there is that war because the enemy knows the power of you connecting with his presence, connecting with his name, connecting to that daily update, that daily new softer update that he wants to put in your hearts, add new features, advance. If you simply based on features you learned years ago, like your Christian life was never meant to stop at salvation. Salvation is just an entry door. Then you start accessing the kingdom. And there are so many things that God is hiding there for you to access. And he wants, like, son, come. It's like the big old egg hunts. Like if you do the same thing I did for Ethan years ago, it's not going to work this year. I got to make it a little harder, a little more challenging. Because he has grown. His faith has grown. First, he was able to take one step. Now he's able to run. And the same thing with you and God. I want to encourage you in this season to war. Who has my attention? Who has my focus? What is my priority for 2024? Maybe God's taking you back to simply reconnecting. He's giving you here. Hey, I have you. I have a new Wi-Fi password for you. My name, my kingdom. My will. And I want you to begin accessing right now. We're going to go back into worship. I want to invite you guys to stand.